Broadcasting live from downtown Nanaimo, this is 1017 CHLY. blast from the past for you there. That is a group from Toronto uh, from long ago. That's from a vinyl recording. You may have uh, recognized some of the clicks and scratches. And that is that recording was made back in about 19, I don't know, 71, 72, something like that. A trio called Kalena from Toronto and a song that I thought was apropos for today since we're officially springtime now. And that song was called Anavisni in the springtime. Dobry den, szanowni radio słuchaci, witaju was wszystkich na radio Peredaciu Nasz Holos Radio Krinskoho Korinia. Jaka podjęcie wam zjechodni? Tak jak i kożni serde, zrenacytoj do trenacytoj hodene na kwali CHLY, stoden i sim FM umisti na najmo. Pri mikrofoni zjechodenu je Pavlina i dali bude Oksana. Dziękuję, że rysiłe per bude z nami nastupnych dwoch hoden, my mamy dużo ciekawe nowene na siodniczni programy i czudowu ukraińską muzyku. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio coming to you live from CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I'm your host this hour, Pavlina, and Oksana will be along uh, in an hour to host the program um, all in Ukrainian at 12 noon. For now, we've got an English language program mostly for you, lots of Ukrainian music, but uh, we've also got a recipe, and it is um, another blast from the past, and uh, it is going to help you get ready for Easter. As well, we've got an interview with Taras Kulish, who has uh, been on the show before uh, several times to tell us about the good work that they're doing in Ukraine, helping uh, the um, victims of war-ravaged areas there. So uh, they've been doing just incredible work for several years now, so he'll be giving us an update on what they've been up to recently. As well, we've got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next, since it is spring, here is uh, Maria Sadovska with a Cycle of Spring Calling Songs. Субтитры 
золечка, дає твою хочуть орелики взяти, ой, я вело, орелики взяти, орелики взяти, лебедям отати, ой, я вело, лебедям From the Nasholos Audio Archives, Ukrainian Food Flare. Vatimo, and welcome to Ukrainian Food Flare. In traditional Ukrainian culture, Easter time is the most important holiday, even more so than Christmas. During Lent, there is a lot of house cleaning and preparation for the big day, Volektain. Easter foods are very symbolic, but they're also very tasty. Some are common to other cultures, but some are unique to ours. Some of my best memories of Easter time are from the kitchen and my mother-in-law, Mary, especially when she was making the traditional beets and horseradish. At Easter time, we serve this delicious dish with ham and kubasa. My family just called it hrin, although it should be called borekes hronum, which translate as beets and horseradish. Nice and simple. But in some regions of Ukraine, it is called svitkle. I can still remember opening the door of the old farmhouse. The overwhelming aroma of vinegar and hrin, horseradish, would hit my nostrils and make my eyes water. Mom would always make sure she made lots, and we all got a jar, but it was never enough. She's no longer with us, but she did teach me how to make what some people have told us is the best beets and horseradish they have ever tasted. And I'm going to share my recipe with you. The amount of sugar and horseradish may be varied to suit your taste, as may the vinegar. Some brave homemakers still prefer grating the horseradish by hand. So if you want to try it, make sure the room is well ventilated. 
Horseradish is very strong and pungent because of the volatile mustard oils that are released when it is grated. So even using a food processor, you will feel its effects in short order. I suggest grating the horseradish at the last minute after you have all of the other ingredients ready. That will minimize the amount of time the vapors are in the air. To make about 8 cups, you'll need 10 to 12 medium-sized beets. Cut off the stems 1 inch above the beets and leave the roots intact. Wash the beets thoroughly and cook in boiling water until they are tender. In another pot, combine 1 teaspoon of salt, 2 cups of white vinegar, and a cup of sugar. I prefer to add more because it brings out the flavor of the beets, but it's your choice. And don't forget the spices. I use one tablespoon of pickling spices and tie up in some cheesecloth and add it to the vinegar mixture. Bring to a boil and turn to simmer until ready to use. When the beets are tender, drain and cover with cold water. Slip off the peel and cut off the stems and roots. Grate the beets on a coarse grater and mix with one to two cups of freshly grated or store-bought horseradish. They usually come in glass jars of 125 ml, which is about a half a cup. Remove the bag of spices and add the vinegar mixture to your beet mixture. Mix thoroughly and pack into sterilized mason jars. Seal and store in a cool place. Allow the relish to stand for 24 hours before using. Now, if you're fasting for Lent, you don't need to worry about doing a taste test. If it makes you cry while you're making it, you know you have an excellent batch of hreen. Dopa and smachnoho. This has been Ukrainian Food Flare from the Nasholos Audio Archives.
find another song on a springtime theme that was Oksana Bilozir and a song, a welcoming song, Oizelena Jeto, Green Grows the Rye. Vesilkite Radio Peredaciu Nash, Holos Radio Krinskoho Korinya, Na Radio Stansi CHLY, Stoideni Sim FM Umisti Nanaimo, Hovorit Pavina. You're listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio on CHLY 101.7 FM in beautiful downtown Nanaimo. I'm your host this hour, Pavlina. Taras Kulish is the International Relations Officer at Hope Worldwide Canada, which is based in Toronto. This UN-recognized non-governmental organization was founded in 1991 and serves the poor in 75 nations, including Ukraine. Taras has been a frequent guest on our show, keeping us updated on the work of this outstanding organization through a special project called Helping Hand for Ukraine. The goal of this project is to improve the quality of life for children and adults who live in difficult socioeconomic conditions, in particular providing humanitarian aid and psychological assistance to children traumatized by war in eastern Ukraine. This includes training local psychologists and social workers. Taras joins us now to tell us about some of their recent activities, because as I mentioned earlier, there is plenty going on. Taras, welcome back to Nasholas. Oh, thank you so much, uh, Paulina. It's a pleasure to uh, to be back again and to speak to you about uh, Ukraine and uh, the children of Ukraine. Yeah, and um, you had mentioned, um, actually a few days ago, you sent me a press release saying that there had just been uh, some recent training in Mariupol in the Donetsk region. So that's right smack dab in the middle of the war zone. And I know previously that uh, you had been working, focusing on the IDPs, the internally displaced persons who had fled the area and were relocating temporarily or perhaps permanently in other, you know, further west in Ukraine. Yes. So this is a little bit of a departure. They're going right smack. They're right in the middle of the war zone. Well, it's, um, yeah, I guess you could say it's a departure or it's or maybe more of a continuation, a natural continuation of the program, uh, because when, uh, you know, when it first started out, as you said, uh, we were focused on um, pretty much nine different areas throughout uh, Ukraine where there were um, IDP camps, mm-hmm. and uh, and so we, we were going to these uh, camps and offering, um, uh, you know, therapy to the children and training as well for the for the parents and as well we were focusing on um, training the uh, the therapists psychologists social workers art therapists who were local people Mm -hmm. who could then support these uh, newly displaced populations and um, and so now the program has uh, has evolved Uh, so the the way it's evolved is um, that we have we really feel that, um, shall we say, the best bang for the buck is um, is by going right to the affected zones. And there's a lot of work, as you can well imagine, mm-hmm. uh, to do there. Uh, so there are uh, there are families who are still living there. Uh, there are children who are still living there who are still trying to get an education. Uh, there are you know, uh, different uh, specialist social workers, psychologists who are still in these zones. And so, of course, you have the, the um, hmm. you know, the conflict zone, then you have mm-hmm. what are called the, the red zone, which is around it, and then the gray zone. So in these different zones, um, it, you have varying degrees of access. And so, uh, for instance, in the, in the gray zone, uh, you... Uh, teams with permission can go for up to um, 24 to 48 hours. Uh, But in the red zone, you could only go uh, for a few hours uh, during the day, Um, you know, let's say up to nine hours, because if you stay past a certain period of time, then you can be subject to live shelling. Oh, my goodness. And so... uh, so what uh, what we're we're doing is we're trying to support psychologically the populations who are still there, uh, and this is incredibly important because you you need to you need to maintain your population uh, which is in these affected zones, uh, and there's um, among the psychologists, social workers, that sort of thing, teachers. There's obviously high rates of stress high degree of, of, uh, of burnout 
and so they need support. And so what our um, team does, our team of psychologists, uh, what they do is they um, they will go first of all into the zones and and. Uh, train and support the psychologist, but also they will take the psychologists um, out of the zone to give them a bit of an R&R camp uh, so they get a, a bit of a, a respite from the zone, from the conflict, the shelling, uh, but then they get the psychological support that they need in order that they can then support the local population that's there. So this is something that uh, we, f we feel has developed and is one of the most important things uh, that we can do. It is, so, you know, care, care for the caregivers, for sure. Now, Absolutely, caring, caring for yeah. the caregivers yeah. and supporting the local population. Now, this is, there's a lot of work. I mean, we're talking a million IDPs or more. And, but then that is a fraction of the people that are living, I would imagine, living in the war zones. Right, because you have, and, and figures vary. I mean, the figures that I have in terms of the IDPs are more like uh, 1.5, 1 to 7 million people who have been displaced right. from their homes and are internally displaced within Ukraine. Yeah. But then you still have, um, you still have the, uh, the, 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 the population which is still living in these in these zones, and some of these zones are more contested than others. And you know, incredibly traumatic. I mean, you, if you just, I'm, I personally just moved homes a month ago, and that upheaval was brutal. And I also lost my mother a couple mm. of months ago. And so, yeah. you know, so when you lose a, a family, I mean, that was not to war; it was just to, you know, to to old age and disease, but, and I'm not in a war zone, and I know how that hit me, how traumatic that is. I cannot imagine somebody in a war zone who had, has, sh you know, is in danger, shelling going on, and possibly uh, a family member killed, either accidentally or, you know, deliberately in the line of fire. And so this is very traumatic for people, either whether they're displaced or whether they're still at home in um, in in that war zone, so that there's a lot of people that you're serving. How do you manage? I mean, um, funds are always. I know you're always fundraising, and funds are are always scarce for good things like this. They seem to be plentiful for uh, ridiculous things, <laughs> especially in the first world. But how do you manage with? You know, you've got something well, like you're you're right, Paulina. Yeah. It's, it is a very difficult task, and so we just try to do uh, what we are doing and what we can do. Uh, you know, to the best of our abilities. If we had more funds, uh, then the program obviously would be bigger. And we uh, were very grateful because we just received um, at uh, the beginning of 2017, uh, sorry, 2018, um, a grant from the, uh, the Canadian Embassy uh, in Kyiv. And so this was a, a grant uh, where we were uh, able to um, you know, to go to Mariupol, and uh, uh, and this was this was uh, about the press release. This is the this is the grant that was used, and it was from the Canadian embassy. Mm -hmm. We yeah. are hopeful that um, this year that we will get a continuation of the grant uh, from the Canadian embassy, and we are applying to the Canadian government to Global Affairs for other grants. So uh, nothing is right now confirmed. Uh, but that's part of um, part of my volunteer job is to uh, to try to maintain the flow of of funds, and um, and so it's definitely a challenge. But you raise also you know the issue of um, uh, the trauma, and uh, and when you were speaking about it, it certainly raised in my mind uh, one particular story of a family that um, that we've uh, that we've helped uh, and. And uh, this this particular story was of a, of a mother and daughter uh, who were living in their in their house in their village, and uh, they, uh, uh, as far as I understood, had already lost the the father, 
they were taking care of their elderly neighbor. And after one incident of, uh, of shelling, um, they rushed over to their neighbor's house because uh, the roof was blown off. Oh. And they found the neighbor on the floor, uh, his senior citizen mm-hmm. on the floor in a pool of blood. And so they just at that point in time reacted on instinct and so they they gathered their neighbor uh you know together they brought her to the hospital um they comforted her then when uh, she was released from the uh, from treatment they brought her home uh they helped to tend to her and then eventually uh they they were they they were themselves they were displaced and they found uh, our program they um uh, were having a lot of difficulty and a lot of conflict between the two of them, between the mother and the daughter at that point in time. The daughter was a teenager, and w- they were both obviously having difficulty processing mm-hmm. uh, these things and um, and also dealing with the normal issues of uh, mother and daughter, uh, you know, with the, mo- with the daughter being a teenager. And, um, and so they entered into the therapy program into the treatment program and after you know it's a it's an eight-week course and so after this eight-week course they were given the language the vocabulary of of what it was identifying Mm. things identifying Mm. feelings understanding what they were each going through and um and so as a result of that um they were able to uh, together afterwards sit down over a couple a cup of tea you know just a simple cup mm-hmm. of tea and start to talk with each other and share their emotions and their feelings and it was at that point at that moment that the, their relationship began was able to heal and that they were also able to uh, be healed from you know the trauma that they had experienced uh, so you know you think of um, you know, certainly uh, losing a loved one, going through difficult circumstances is difficult enough in itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, coupling it with um, the shock of war mm-hmm. uh, is even more traumatic. And so, um, you know, we are we're trying to help people one at a time. And it's like that story of the boy on the beach with a million starfish on the beach and he's throwing mm-hmm. them back one mm-hmm. by one someone comes up to him and says well you're crazy there's a million you you can't possibly help them all and and make a difference in their lives and mm-hmm. the the boy picks up another starfish and throws it back in the ocean and says well i just made a difference in that life yeah. and and that's yeah. what we're trying to do we made a difference with that mother and that daughter and it's thanks you know to the uh the funding that we've received from uh the canadian embassy from uh ukrainian credit union in toronto from private donors so the, the what do the funds go to to because you have got like 900 volunteers a lot of people are working f- f- gratis right so you're not paying a lot of people the um that's true. There are a lot of volunteers, but our, um, uh, you know, our core team uh, is the psychologists, uh, core psychologists, mm-hmm. social worker, and, and so on, and, and the core team. They are receiving um, financing. They are receiving payments for their services because, for instance, our lead psychologist, uh, Irina Sukova, she has a full practice and so she takes time right. off of her practice um, and uh, and so uh, everyone has to survive yeah, so yeah. we uh, we support that uh, action that they take and it's and I think it's mm-hmm. very important that our funds are going to um, you know to help people in Ukraine uh, but also to people in Ukraine in terms of um, financially supporting this work. Well, professional services have to be paid for, for sure, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, for you mentioned that the, you did get some grants uh, from the embassy, you're applying to the government, and there are also, of course, um, many individual donors, and certainly never enough. <laughs> so, if, if anybody's listening would like to... Uh, make a donation to Hope Worldwide Canada, how would they do that? 
they can go to the um, uh, to the Hope Worldwide Canada website, which is hopewwc.org, and uh, they will be uh, they will be led to uh, to links on the page. There's a donate button, which will lead to the uh, the Canada Helps dot org site, uh, and um, and they can just they can just select because we do have many programs, but they can select the Ukraine program mm-hmm. and the international programs, okay. and their donation will go to uh, directly to the PTSD therapy and recovery efforts. Excellent. So we we do send money um, from Canada to Ukraine uh, about four times a year, mm-hmm. uh, and so the, any donations will then be added onto the you know the quarterly cycle. Are the um, tax uh, are they tax deductible in Canada for donors? Yes, oh absolutely. Wow. Okay. Hope okay. Wide Canada is recognized by uh, the Canadian government. It has a uh, charitable registration, and so um, and any donations that are given online um, through the Canada Helps uh, donation site, you will receive within a minute or two uh, your tax uh, receipt. Excellent. Uh, so you get your tax receipt. And you know that um, that the donation is going, you know, directly to the trauma therapy in Ukraine. You can go on the uh, on the website, either the Canadian website or the uh, the website of the of Hope Worldwide in Ukraine, which mm-hmm. is hopewww.org.ua. And you can go on that, and you can see the up-to-date um, initiatives for for training uh, for for educators, for psychologists. Uh, there's other other information about other programs there, but you'll definitely see that information about the children and and war uh, teaching recovery techniques. Oh, that's great! So, what is on the horizon? What's what's up next? Uh, on the horizon is. Um, uh, of course, you know, consolidating uh, donors, but uh, in terms of work in Ukraine, uh, planning a children's camp in, uh, in June. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are, you know, w- in addition to the work that is um, directly in the, either in the, in the red zone, in the gray zone, um, we, we uh, plan these uh, children's camps where we take 20 to 30 children who are living uh, in the, the zone. So, for instance, in Mariupol, and we will take these children mm-hmm. to a rest and recovery and rehabilitation camp um, in different regions of Ukraine. I personally visited one which was um, outside of Kyiv. There's been also in uh, the Karpate Mountains, and uh, so there might be in, in other regions being being planned as well but these mm-hmm. these rnr camps are children from the uh, the red and the gray zones right in yeah whose homes are uh, at risk of being shot at risk exactly yeah wow so the kids are totally totally at risk and um you know even just organizing the transport to get the kids uh, is um, you know is 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 an exercise, nearly a military exercise, wow. and uh, and because the um, you know the husband of our lead uh, psychologist is a uh, a, a former uh, volunteer, um, you know he has access to these zones, and so it's only we can only go wow. into these zones uh, with a type of um, you know quasi military protection. Wow, wow. So so you're saving essentially 30 starfish on this summer camp. So if, I guess if people want to save... And more, it's more than that. It's yeah. more than that okay. because you're not just saving the... You're, you're not just helping those children, but it's also their, their families, their parents. Um, you know, because the parents know that the kids are getting a break, that they're getting therapy, that they're, they're getting what they need. So that brings peace of mind to the parents. Right. And that's, that is equally uh, as important as what we're doing with the children. Sure. So there is a ripple effect because then the children go back in their communities. Um, there is an effect that can, that can happen on their classmates, on their, uh, on, on, mm-hmm. in, in all around. 
all sure, around. Sure, the butterfly effect. So, so to keep that ripple effect going even wider, um, then uh, encourage listeners to donate to Hope Worldwide Canada to the Helping Hand for Ukraine project. Can you give us the um, websites once again, Taras, please? Sure. For Canada, it's hopewwc.org. And uh, to get information, because uh, as a Canadian, you don't want to donate on the uh, on the Ukrainian site because you won't get a tax receipt. Um, you you want your tax receipt in Canada, but you can get information at hopewww.org.ua. Awesome. Thank you so much, Taras, for uh, giving us this update, and thank you for the work that you're doing there. Uh, we don't hear much about the war going on, and, and it is good for listeners occasionally to be reminded that just because it's not on the mainstream news doesn't mean that it's not ongoing and that people aren't suffering. And that we can, um, you know, living in our comfortable world can certainly help some of these uh, destitute people and help these families to become normal and children to grow into well-adjusted adults despite what's going on in there. Well, thank you very much, Paulina, for having me on uh, Nash Holos and giving me this opportunity to speak to uh, the work of uh, Hope Worldwide Canada and Hope Worldwide Ukraine with uh, the children of Ukraine. We really appreciate it. Oh, well, um, my pleasure, and um, I hope to speak to, to you again and get uh, find out what's going on um, at perhaps after that children's camp or anything else that's... Um, that uh, comes along that you'll be involved in. So uh, keep in touch and look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much. We were speaking with Taras Kulish of Hope Worldwide Canada, and they are working with um, Ukrainian um, refugees, I guess, internally displaced people, as well as people that are actually in the war zone and uh, at risk of having their homes shelled. And... They are uh, continuing, have been doing this work for some years and are continuing. If you would like to help um, their effort, you can get, as Taras mentioned, if you'd like to go to the uh, Canadian uh, branch website, you will get a tax receipt for your donation, and that's hopewwcanada.org. Pardon me, hopewwc.org. And uh, you can get more information about the work that is actually being done in Ukraine at hopewww.org.ua. Vesluhite Radio Peridachu Nash Holos, Radio Krinskoho Korinya, Naradius Don CCHLY, Stodeni Sim FM, Umisti Nanaimo, Hovorit Pavlina. You're listening to Nash Holos, Ukrainian Roots Radio in beautiful downtown Nanaimo. Here on CHLY 101.7 FM, I am your host, this hour, Pavlina. Субтитры 
and a young jazz singer from Ukraine called Mlada, and another song on the spring theme, Oh Vesna Vesna, Oh Spring Spring. Well, March is the month of Shevchenko, and we um, had some some information about him on last week's program. In case you missed it, just uh, go to the website, nashholos.com, and check out the uh, podcast. And uh, if you enjoy Tarashevchenko music, and actually there's a lot more uh, songs that we hear that are the lyrics of Shevchenko that we realize, then we realize. But here is one that I think we pretty much... Um, everybody that's heard this song knows that it is the words, very famous words of Tarashevchenko, performed by a group from Edmonton called Trubka, Dumemoyi, My Thoughts. <laughs> Thank you. 
Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is a bi-weekly series sponsored by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, featuring stories of Ukrainians and Jews working together in solidarity and harmony to restore and strengthen centuries-old bonds and affinities nearly destroyed by hostile outside forces in the bloody 20th century and even today. Tune in next week for another episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio.
a few Ukrainian folk dances for you, or Ukrainian-Canadian folk dances, perhaps. That was the Interlake Polka Kings with the seven-step waltz, and before them, the By Request Band with the Honeysuckle Waltz, both groups from Manitoba, and um, also from Manitoba, who also plays with the By Request Band, Jaden Chornaboy, with the Maple Sugar Boil Capusta Medley, and uh, yeah, that's pretty seasonal for spring as well. Maple sugar, anyways. Siuhadenu bolas vame pavina. Nahadu ye visukite radio programu nash holos radio krinskoho kurinya. Salashaitis is name, nastupnu hudenu. Darling, peridiu microfono uksani. Zaprosiu posukitrohe poristoriu i tradeci ros povist uksana. Alla peritiam yakotru salashitavasti kema slavame mudroste. Lakshe dobru poradu distate yak dilo pochinate. And our proverb of the week translates as, it is easier to get good advice than to begin the work. And ain't that the truth? Well, that brings us to the end of the first hour of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I will leave you with one last toe-tapper by Molotsi from Winnipeg, and that will be the early bird of spring. Please stay with us as Oksana takes over the microphone to host the next hour. Meanwhile, please join me here again next Wednesday from 11 a.m. till 12 noon. And until then, do stay in touch with both Oksana and me via our Facebook page and Twitter. And make sure to visit the Nasholas website where you can get the podcast, a link to our blog, and other information about the show. That's www.nasholas.com. So stay tuned next for the Nasholas Ukrainian Hour with Oksana, followed by World Beat Canada with... Vancouver's Cal Coat. And at 2 p.m., join our own Gord Bibby for two hours of Groovin' with Baby G. I'm Pavlina. On behalf of all of us here at Nash Hollis and CHLY, thanks for listening. Do Susrichi.
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.